Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Amen. 
We love the dads. This world needs more dads, more father figures. And uh, I'm so thankful for all of you here today. Welcome to church today. Welcome to Father's Day. And uh, uh, before uh, we go on here, I just want to mention real quickly before I jump into the word of the Lord that we have a missions trip uh, planned to Peru in October. And if you have any interest at all, there will be an information meeting next Sunday via Zoom. Contact the church this week and they will get you the information uh, about that meeting. Uh, it's in October and you'll be glad you did. There'll be a table set up next week in the back of the auditorium where you can learn some more about that trip. But it's not back there today because we have another table set up in the back if you want to turn around and look. We got a donut board for everybody after service, for all the dads especially, all you dads. They, we might have enough donuts too for all you non-dads as well. If you're really good, if you shout amen, if you, if you dance and run the aisles, amen, we'll give you a donut today, amen. <laughs> Great to see everybody in church today, amen. So before I jump into the sermon, let me start with a little fun fact today. And my phone, for some reason, Siri decided to wake up and I don't want it to do anything weird. Stop it. Here we go. Um, before I jump into the sermon, can we have a little bit of fun with all the guys first? Um, I want to tell you why it's great to be a guy. Amen? Phone conversations last 30 seconds. Five-day vacation only requires a duffel bag. Amen? Bathroom lines, 80% shorter when you're a guy. You can open all your own jars when you're a guy. <laughs> Old friends don't care if you've gained or lost weight when you're a guy, right? When channel surfing, you don't have to stop at every shot of someone crying when you're a guy. <laughs> Amen. You can go to the bathroom all by yourself without your friends when you're a guy. <laughs> you can leave a hotel room messy and it doesn't even bother you when you're a guy. You can kill your own food when you're a guy. You get extra credit for the slightest act of thoughtfulness when you're a guy, right? Amen. Wedding plans just take care of themselves when you're a guy. If somebody forgets to invite you to something, they can still be your friend when you're a guy. <laughs> Underwear only costs $12 for a six-pack when you're a guy. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Flowers and duct tape fix everything when you're a guy. Three pairs of shoes are more than enough when you're a guy. You can watch a ball game in silence with your friend without him thinking he must be mad at me. <laughs> you can admire Tom Brady without starving yourself to look like him when you're a guy, right? Wedding dress, $2,000. Tuxedo rental, 100 bucks when you're a guy. Right? And the last thing, if, you're, if another guy shows up at a party with the same outfit, instead of just glaring at him, you might just become lifelong friends if you're a guy. Amen. Let's give it up for all the guys in the house today. <clears throat> now, Father's Day is a time to ponder memories and express appreciation for those of us who have been fortunate enough to have a good father or father figure in our lives. And if you had a good dad, 
you no doubt probably have some fond memories, maybe some memories that are like some of mine, cutting wood in the winter, hunting, making banana splits, going fishing, plowing the garden. It wasn't a fun memory at the time, but now I'll look back on it, and it was a good memory. Just seeing my dad come home from work. My dad was a construction worker, and he'd come home tired and dirty every day. And my dad was not a very outspoken man. He was a man of few words. But just a simple hug and and an I love you from him meant a lot. He wasn't a perfect dad, but he was a, a, a great dad. And I wish I could tell him that today, but he passed away just a few short years ago. So here's my little bit of fatherly advice to you today. If you're fortunate enough to still have a dad that's on the face of the earth, try to give him a call. Try to tell him, Happy Father's Day. And I'll even tell you this, if it's complicated and if you have a weird relationship with him, I would just encourage you to try to figure out a way to untangle the mess and to be able to get a relationship again with your earthly father while you still can. Is that good advice today? Amen. You see, because as a dad, I understand that if I earn the respect of my peers and even the love of my church, the admiration of my friends, that's all good, but what does it really matter if my family doesn't love and respect me? Amen? See, every dad is the family role model, whether he wants that job or not. Here's some interesting quotes about fatherhood that I gathered said, a father is somebody who knows that there are three ways to get something done. Do it yourself, hire somebody, or forbid your kids to do it, (laughs) right? Fatherhood is pretending that your favorite gift is soap on a rope, right? Fathers are men who give their daughters away to other men who aren't nearly good enough so that one day they can have grandchildren that are greater than everybody else's. That is the truth as a father and then a grandfather. But here's the good news today. It doesn't matter what kind of relationship that you have had with your earthly father. All of us have the blessing of a heavenly father that shows us a special love, a father's love that's like no other. And that's what I want to preach about here today. Turn with me in your Bibles if you have a Bible or you can look on the screen to John chapter 3 and verse 16. Probably the best known verse in all of the Bible. And I want to read it from probably the most popular translation of this scripture we all know. Matter of fact, why don't you read it along with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to read it again from the New Living Translation. It says, oh, pardon me. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You see, we have a heavenly father who loves us unconditionally, eternally, and from everlasting to everlasting. Here's my message today. I want to preach on this subject, open arms, open arms. I want to share with you today one of my favorite father stories in all of the Bible. It's found in Luke chapter 15, and it tells the story 
of the love of a father toward his son. Now, let me just kind of give you the context here. Jesus had just told two other stories. One was about a lost sheep. The other one was about a lost coin. Now he's about to tell a third story in order to emphasize all three of these stories are really to emphasize one single point. And that is that our Heavenly Father never stops searching for and never stops loving His children. Amen. Let's go to the story. It's in Luke 15, verse 11. I'm going to read several verses to you. It says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead, come on, and now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And then the favorite line in all the Bible for the sanguine people, so the party began, right? Amen. So the party began. Now, when we read this story, commonly known as the story of the prodigal son, we think most often about the lessons learned by the prodigal and the emphasis on his life, the price that he paid for his rebellious living, the emptiness of the worldly pleasures that never last, the, the selfishness of his fair-weather friends. But you see, the real beauty of this story is not just that he came home, but it's the tremendous love, the open arms, and the forgiveness that was demonstrated by the father to his wayward son. See, this story is not just about the prodigal but it is also about the love of a father. A father that was dealing with the wayward son. And the way he did it in this story reveals a side of God's character, a depth of the love of God that a lot of people don't really know or even fully understand. You see, the father's love does not depend on how good you are or what you do. Can I get a little help in this house today, amen? 
See, the Father's love for us never changes. Even when we fail Him, He still loves us. Even when we turn our backs on Him, He loves us. Even when we do exactly what we know He does not want us to do, His love never changes. Hallelujah. Think about the Son for a moment. What do you do when you're young and you're immature and you get everything you've always wanted? Think about that. This boy finally got it all. He got away from his father's control. He gets to now be in charge of his life. He gets to live without any rules, without any regulations. He gets to party all the time. He gets to have complete freedom. At least that's what he thought at the time. I imagine the young man, he probably didn't waste very much time after he got his inheritance. The Bible says that he literally just ran away within just a few days of everything that was restrictive to him. He was running towards what he thought was going to be this new freedom and, and all the stuff that he'd been wanting to do. He was running towards this life of fun and parties and, and drinking and, and women. There was no stopping him now, right? He was young. He was rich. He had all this new money. He had a lot of friends. He had his little entourage with him. And then it just ends in calamity. You see it happen oftentimes. You'll see maybe a young man will come out of college and maybe he's an elite athlete and he becomes a superstar athlete and all of a sudden some team hires him. It really doesn't even matter what sport it is. And he gets all this money, hundreds of millions of dollars sometimes, and he's only 21 or 22 years old. I mean, can you imagine how challenging that would be? They don't know how to act. All this money is flowing into their lives. They've got an entourage of people around them, and they're, they're partying. And unless somebody comes along, uh, uh, an agent or a financial planner or a parent, and, and all of a sudden it can just get out of control real fast, right? That's kind of how I picture this scenario with the prodigal unfolding. Man, the music is playing all the time. The wine is flowing freely. The money is just shooting out of his hands as fast as he can spend it. Money, 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 money. Amen. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just flying out of his hands. You know, why is it that our human nature, we always want what we can't have? Right? We always want to do the stuff that, that we know we probably shouldn't do. Even little kids. They don't want their moms to tell them what to wear or what to do or where to go. A little girl was once asked about the story of the prodigal son in Sunday school, and she was asked this question. What does it mean to waste all your substance with riotous living? The little girl answered. She said, well, probably to spend everything you've got on bubble gum, right? <laughs> you know. See, it's really, it's all, it's all kind of conditioned to, to what season of life that you're in. This young man probably had a lot of fun with the money while it lasted. New friends, pretty girls, something to do all the time. But he was in for a shock. Something he didn't expect was going to happen soon. Something maybe that he didn't expect at all. Three things that hit him real hard and real fast. The Bible says his money ran out. There was a famine. And he got hungry. Amen. When a young man is rich and he's good looking and he's prosperous, he's got all the friends that he can buy the drinks for, right? It's very different, though, when the money runs out. So-called friends don't come around anymore. You get in trouble, and the people who you used to party with 
can't be found. Amen? I remember one of those moments when I was a teenager. I don't know if I've ever told this story in church. I was not a Christian yet. Let me repeat. I was not a Christian yet. Amen? And we were out partying in a Volkswagen Beetle. And the girl who was driving, she decided it would be fun to go out and do donuts. How ironic. We have donuts on the back wall. She thought it would be uh, fun to go out and do some donuts in the middle of a soybean field. See, that's what we did in Hanover County growing up for fun. Amen. So we were in the back seat. We were like, yeah. We were screaming and yelling, having a great time until her car stalled out in the middle of the field. And we couldn't get it started. And then we saw the blue lights coming. What did we do? Well, we did what most friends would do in that situation. We ran like our pants were on fire. Amen. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. I mean, man, we were making it out of there fast. Through the woods, across the streets, we were hiding and we were just dumb teenagers. We should have known all the police was going to do. They were going to get the license plate. They were going to pull the info. And they were going to be sitting in the driveway at her house when we got there. Sure enough, that's what happened. We were not there. She took the heat all by herself. Now, we did go help her when they made her replant the entire area that she messed up by hand in order to drop the charges. How many of you think we just need a little bit of justice like that in America today, right? <laughs> now go out there and plant that field. Now we did show up to help. But you know, fair-weather friends are nothing new, right? Think about the prodigal situation. He's a foreigner, he's in a strange land, he's bankrupt, no friends, no relatives nearby, no government bailouts, no more COVID relief checks, no more stimulus checks, amen? Nothing like that to bail him out. He is lonesome, he is hungry, he is working in the pig pen, and all of a sudden he realizes this is not working. This isn't working. And you know, and I'm pretty confident he never told his friends what the source of the income was. He didn't tell them about the faith of his father with his friends. He didn't, he didn't tell them about the, the, the blessing of a God, a heavenly father that had provided him all that stuff. But the Bible does say this in verse 17, that he finally came to his senses. He realized he had made some bad decisions. He was in bad shape. He had no good future. So I love this part of the story. Where do you go when you finally come to your senses? He remembered the blessings of the Father's house. Hallelujah. Come on. He realized that he was in a bad way, and he realized that the people who were in his Father's house were in a good way. Even his father's servants had it better than he did. There are people who are listening to me today. Maybe you're watching this message online. Maybe you're even live right now. Maybe you feel like your life is a hot mess. Like the boy in this story, you've made some bad choices. You've made some bad decisions. You're in bad shape. And you feel like you've squandered what you have and you don't have a future. Amen. The servants in the Father's house really do have it better than you. Amen. 
So here's the good news. You can have what they have. Hallelujah. Come on. You can have what they have. Amen. You can be what they are. The servants in the Father's house, you don't have to stay where you are. Come on, somebody. You don't have to stay how you are. See, this boy realized that not only had he sinned against his heavenly father, but he had also sinned against his earthly father. What had the earthly father done for the boy? He'd worked hard to accumulate an estate for his son. He had prayed for the blessings of God to be passed on to this boy. He had protected his son to the best of his ability from worldly influences and temptations. He had become a prosperous man, and he was developing a prosperous future for his children. But eventually, every boy becomes a man. Every girl becomes a woman. And they got to make decisions for themselves. We know the decisions of this prodigal. But what was interesting, though, when the Bible says that the boy finally came to his senses, he came to two different conclusions. One of them was true. One of them was not true. Here's the first realization that we find in verse 18, and I want to talk about these two conclusions. Luke chapter 15 and verse 18 says, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. First conclusion, I have sinned against both heaven and you. Everybody say that was true. I think, and I want to be just be pastor here for a few minutes. Can I be your pastor and not just your preacher for a minute? I think we need to be more honest with ourselves and not always give ourselves a soft pass when we mess up. Come on now. Hallelujah. See, sometimes what we do is not just a lapse in judgment. It's not just a poor choice. It's not just a slip up. We need to call it what it is, amen. We have sinned against God. Come on, how, how come we don't talk about sin very much in the church anymore? See, one reason we don't see more repentance in the altar is because we no longer think what we're doing is a sin. Oh, yeah. You're going to earn that donut today, Amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody. See, conviction only comes when you feel convicted, not placated. Amen. We are so focused on self that we forget to take responsibility for ourselves. What's the solution? When you mess up, fess up. Amen. And find an altar of repentance. Now, I want to help somebody out here today. With some strong talk for just a moment. Our self-justification reeks of spiritual entitlement. Our self-justification reeks of a lack of biblical convictions. Come on. For example, we say we're sharing when really we're just gossiping. Come on. We don't like the G word, right? Oh, I need to share something with you so you can pray about it. Don't worry, I won't tell anybody, just five of my closest friends. Amen. Come on, we say we're, we're venting or blowing off steam when really what we're doing is we're not being spirit controlled and we're acting out of anger and irresponsibility, amen. We say we had a weak moment when really what we did, we caved into temptation. Let's call it what it is, amen. 
See, we play the blame game. We say it was the church's fault or it was my parents' fault or it was my spouse's fault when so often we fail to see our role in some of the messes that we get ourselves in. Amen. The boy was in the pig pen covered with mud eating pig slop and he had to come to his senses. See, I want to help somebody here today. Healing cannot begin until we're honest with ourselves. Come on, somebody. We say people hurt us or maybe we got hurt in the church or in a relationship and we can't get over it. Hear me. That is often very true. And it is very unfortunate. But hear me. The not getting over it part. The holding a grudge part. Well, the Bible does call that something. Bitterness. Offense. Unforgiveness. Come on, somebody. And at some point, now don't miss this. I want to reiterate, at some point after an appropriate time of grief or anger or getting help or getting counseling, I'm going to repeat it again, at some point after an appropriate amount of time of dealing with your grief and your anger and getting help and getting support, hear me, you have to start the process of processing your pain and moving forward or you're going to die Come on, you're going to die from church hurt, people hurt, relationship rejection, personal failures. Come on, I'm helping somebody here today. If you've been abused, if you've been hurt, if you've been the victim, amen, you don't have to play the victim your whole life. Grieve if you need to grieve. Be angry and sin not. Get counseling. Do whatever you got to do. But don't be held hostage forever. That's some good preaching, Pastor Thompson. I'm going to pat myself on the back. Amen. See, so the first realization of the prodigal was accurate. And he owned it. I have sinned against both heaven and you. And by the way, can I just say right now, if that's you, it's okay to own it. It's okay. Matter of fact, I think the Lord appreciates our honesty because he already knows, right? It's okay to ask the Lord to create in you a clean heart again. It's okay to ask him to help you stop sinning and pursue righteous living. By the way, that's still God's plan today in the church in 2022, amen? And then there was a second conclusion that he came to, and it's one that I want to refute with all that I have within me this morning. Are you ready? Luke 15 and verse 19, he said this, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Woo, help us, Jesus, amen. Come on, this is a lie from the enemy. This is a lie that the enemy has been trying to pass off for us ever since he has been in existence. The idea that if we mess up bad enough, if you mess up long enough, if you stoop deep enough, come on, our Father will stop calling you his children. That is a lie from the devil, amen? Come on. You cannot stoop too low. You cannot be too wicked. You cannot do too much to where the Father stops opening his arms to you in love. Why don't we give him a praise right now in this house? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. 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 
I am no longer worthy. That's a lie. We got to stop saying it. We've got to stop believing it. It's a lie that have caused a lot of people to backslide and give up on God. It's a lie that has caused a lot of people to give up on the church because they think the church is not for them anymore. It's a lie where people give up on themselves. It's a lie that the enemy whispers in your ears. It's a lie that the devil uses foul, polluted people to shout in your face. It's a lie. Come on. Some of you, you need to tell your critics, get behind me, Satan. I ain't got no time for you today. Amen. Not going to have it. It's a lie. You need to get away from the people that are tearing down your your self-worth. You need to get away from the people that no longer believe in you. It's a lie. Somebody tell your neighbor, say, it's a lie. I'm no longer worthy. It's a lie. It's a lie that says I'm worthless. It's a lie that says, I'm just too weak. It's a lie that says, I've caused too much pain to too many people. It's a lie. I'm not worthy to be your son or daughter anymore. See, it's a lie. I'm looking into the camera right now. It's a lie that some of you are believing right now, and I want to help you crush that lie once and for all. He didn't call us to perfection. He called us to righteousness. He called us to purity. He called us to love. He calls us to sonship. Because the good news is that, here it is, don't miss this. None of us are worthy enough. You say, why is that good news? I'm going to tell you why it's good news. Because it's not based on your worth. It's based on the Father's love. Woo! Hallelujah! Come on, it's not based on how good I am. It's based on how loving he is. It's not based on how perfect I am. It's based on how great God is. It's not based on how many times I fall. It's based on how many times I get up and let him love me. Let's give him another praise in this house. Woo, hallelujah. 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 So the first realization is right, I have sinned, but the second realization is wrong, I am not worthy. My message today is about the greatest father of all, a heavenly father with his open arms of love. You see, the Bible says in our story that when the son was returning home, that his father saw his son a great way off. Don't just skim over that. I want you to notice that. You know what that tells me? That the father was looking. He might have been sitting on his porch, but you know what? He might have been rocking in his chair, but every so often he turned and looked down that road. He'd be out working in the field, sweating, doing his work, and every so often he'd stand up and he'd straighten out his back a little bit and he'd look down the road. I wonder if he's coming back today. The last thing he would do when he goes to bed at night, he would pull open that curtain, and with the moonlight shining on the driveway, he'd look and he'd say, I wonder where he is, and I wonder if he's coming home tonight. And he'd kneel down in his bed, and he'd say, Father, I just want you to touch my boy. I want you to wake him up where he is. I want you to help him realize that it's never too late to come back home because my arms are open wide. My arms are open wide. 
My arms are open wide. They're open wide. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Always searching, always hoping, always looking. And our heavenly Father in heaven, every time you go astray, he's looking and he says, I still love you. I still love you. No matter how far you go, no matter what you do, my eyes are open and my arms are open to you. The father never stopped hoping that his son would one day return. Because if the father had forgotten about the son, it wouldn't have said he was watching for him a great way off. Every day, that old dad was looking out for his son. Notice what the father didn't say to his son when he showed up. I told you so. Guess what else the father didn't say? Well, you finally came home. He didn't say, you should have known better. He didn't say, I taught you better. Why did you do this? He didn't say, you already spent your inheritance. Go to the back of the bus. He didn't say, look at your brother. Why can't you be more like him? He didn't say, he didn't say, he didn't say. But what he did do. Come on back home, son. You know what he did? Look at verse 20. So he, the prodigal, returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, just a speck of dust on the horizon. That's all right. That father knew what that speck of dust was. He knew that boy's frame. He was there from the very beginning. His father saw him coming. And look what he did. Filled. With love and compassion, he ran to his son. He embraced him, and he kissed him. Hallelujah. You see, here we get a glimpse, just a glimpse of the love of Almighty God in heaven for you and I. Open arms. What is your father willing to do for you? Forgive, forget. Restore, because you're still his son. You're still his daughter. See, the son starts in on his speech, the speech that he had planned. Remember what he said? He said, I'm going to go back to my dad. I'm going to tell him, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against our heavenly father. He said, please make me one of your hired servants. He never even got to say that. Did you notice that in the story? You want to know why? Because before he could say, please make me one of your hired servants, the father jumps in and says, hey, bring me the best robe you got in the house. Woo! He said, go to the jewelry box and get my boy's ring out. Amen. He said, I want you to go and get a brand new pair of shoes and let's have a party. My son has come home. Hallelujah. The boy didn't have to beg. The story's about our heavenly father's love for his wayward son. The son who had arrogantly demanded his portion of the estate. The son who walked away from his home, from his life. The son who so blatantly disregarded what was right in front of him. But the father loved him anyhow. Even when he didn't deserve it, the prodigal could say, my father still loves me. He welcomed me back with open arms. 
Our Father's love. Such a deep love. It flies in the face of logic. It loves even when it's been disgraced. He loves us when everyone and everyone else around us has given up on us. Even when I was snared in riotous living, he loved me. Even when I walked away from all he had for me, he loved me. He forgave me even when my friends and family had written me off. He loved me when the slop from the pig pen was still matted in my hair and the mud was still caked on my feet. In the filthiness of my sin, he was still looking for me. I'm so glad that my heavenly father loves me. Church, the father loves us with an everlasting love. Here's what it says in 1 John 3 and 1. See how very much our father loves us. For he calls us his children. And, I love this part, and that is what we are. Hallelujah. We are his children. We are his children. You may have had a terrible relationship with your earthly father. And unfortunately, there's a lot of wounded, broken people in this world that have had that. But hear me. Your heavenly father will love you like you have never been loved. The father ran to him. You see, it will take only one step toward God, and then he runs to you. It never stops. It never fails. It's from everlasting to everlasting. Jeremiah 31 and verse 3 says, Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Every time they worshiped idols, he still loved them. Every time they whined and complained in the wilderness, he still loved them. Every time they rejected the priests and the prophets, he still loved them. Every time they spit in his face, he still loved them with open arms. I want the praise team to come. How do we know the love of our Heavenly Father is an open arms kind of love? We must recognize that God is a waiting parent. He's waiting for the wayward child to come home. True story. I once heard about a woman who lay dying on her deathbed with AIDS. A minister came to visit her and comfort her to no avail. She said, I'm lost. I've ruined my life. Everything around me is ruined. The people in my life, I've hurt them. I'm going painfully to hell. There is no hope for me. The minister was a little taken aback. He wasn't quite sure what to say. Then he saw a framed picture of a pretty little girl on the dresser. So he looked at the woman who was dying and he said, who is this? The woman's face brightened up a little bit. She said, that's my daughter, the one beautiful thing in my life. So the minister asked her, he said, would you help her if she was in trouble or made a mistake? Well, of course I would. Would you forgive her? Yes. Would you, would you still love her? Asked the minister. Of course I would. I would do anything for her. Why do you ask me such a question? He said, because I want you to know that God has a picture of you on his dresser. 
God has a picture of you on his dresser. Romans 5 and 6, the scripture gets me every time I read it. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. You say, well, that's talking about Calvary. Yeah, but you know what? I've personalized that scripture. When I was utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. Just the right time. He opened his arms. He hung on a cross. And he died for each of us. And his arms are still open today. I want to close with a love letter. A love letter that you might not know that you actually have in your possession right now. It's from your heavenly Father. And as a matter of fact, it's right there in your Bible. Are you ready? Here's the love letter. You may not know me, but I know everything about you, Psalm 139 and 1. I know when you sit down and when you rise up, Psalm 139, 2. I'm familiar with all your ways, Psalm 139, 3. Even the very hairs of your head are numbered, Matthew 10, 29 through 31. For you were made in my image, Genesis 1. In me you live and move and have your being, Acts 17, 28. For you are my offspring, Acts 17, 28. I knew you before you were conceived, Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5. I chose you when I planned creation, Ephesians 1, 11 through 12. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book, Psalm 139, 15 through 16. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live, Acts 17, 26. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139, 14. I knit you together in your mother's womb, Psalm 139, 13. I brought you forth on the day you were born, Psalm 71, 6. I, and it is my desire to lavish my love on you, 1 John 3 and 1. Simply because you're my child and I'm your father, 1 John 3 and 1. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, Matthew 7, 11. For I am the perfect father, Matthew 5, 48. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, James 1, 17. For I am your provider and I meet all your needs, Matthew 6, 31 through 33. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, Jeremiah 29, 11. Because I love you with an everlasting love, Jeremiah 31.3. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand of the seashore, Psalm 139, 17 and 18. And I rejoice over you with singing, Zephaniah 3.17. Come on, he loves us, folks. I will never stop doing good for you, Jeremiah 32.40. For you are my treasured possession, Exodus 19.5. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. Jeremiah 32, 41. I want to show you great and marvelous things. Jeremiah 33, 3. If you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. Deuteronomy 4, 29. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 and 4. For it is I who gave you those desires. Philippians 2, 13. I'm able to do more for you 
than you could possibly imagine. Ephesians 3.20. I am your greatest encourager. 2 Thessalonians 2.16 and 17. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. 2 Corinthians 1.3-4. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. Psalm 34.18. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. Isaiah 40.11. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Revelation 21, 3 and 4. And I'm going to take away all the pain that you've suffered on this earth. Revelation 21, 3 and 4. In Jesus, my love for you is revealed. John 17, 26. He is the exact representation of my being. Hebrews 1 and 3. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you. Romans 8, 31. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. 1 John 4, 10. Nothing will separate you from my love again. Romans 8, 38 through 39. Come home and I'll throw you the biggest party heaven has ever seen. Luke 15 and verse 7. I've always been father and will always be father. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. My question is, will you be my child? John 1, 12 through 13. Because I am waiting for you. Luke 15. 11 through 32. Love your heavenly Father. I want you to stand with me all over this house. Today I'm talking to a young man or a young woman who you think you want to be free from mom and dad's rules and their influence in your life. You think you want to be free of structure, maybe even the church. Maybe you're tired of the Christian worldview, but hear me, there is no freedom out there in the world. You may run away from a home that has Christian values, but you'll never, you're going to find out that the God of this world is a demanding God who will never make you happy and who will never give you peace. Can the church say amen? Let me also say something to any spiritual prodigals that might be in this audience or watching online. Maybe you feel spiritually bankrupt. I'm happy to tell you that your Heavenly Father is sitting on the porch of heaven waiting for you to come home. Just waiting for you to come home. Have you ever had one of those moments where I'm going to use Marty as my illustration. Have you ever had one of those situations in life where maybe you had a falling out with a friend or maybe something awkward or weird kind of took place. Maybe maybe you hurt them or maybe they hurt you and it just it starts feeling really strained and really weird and like you, you don't even go around each other for a while. You don't call. You don't text. Then you start feeling a little hostile. Then God starts dealing with you and you realize, you know what, i, I got to fix this. And so, so it's like... It just feels weird, right? You're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I, I guess I'm just going to, I've been waiting on them. They haven't done I'm, I'm just going to have to dive right in. And all of a sudden, you just start unpacking it. And it feels weird and it feels tension-filled. And then you get nervous because you're like, I don't know how they're going to respond. I don't know what's going to happen when I try to make things right. And then you've done, done all that and you dumped it out. And then you're a little bit scared. You're a little nervous, right? And then they do this. I love you. Welcome home. 
And all of a sudden that weight just lifts and that burden just lifts and you thought it was going to be so hard and so complicated and so weird. And then, and then you, you're like, oh, I wish I'd have done that sooner. I wish I'd have done that years ago. I wish I... And you know what? Our Heavenly Father is the same way. Some of you right now, you're thinking, ah, oh, and he's, he's tired of, I've had this conversation with God so many times. He's tired of hearing me say, I'm sorry. I've had this, this issue for so long and God's tired. I, I just, I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed to even go back to him. I, I don't even want to. And you know what the Lord is doing? He's like, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. I've, it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be complicated. I love you. I forgive you. You're still my son. You're still my daughter. So I'm going to open up this altar. If there's any spiritual prodigals in this house, I'm going to invite you to come, and I just want you to talk to God. But also, I want to open this altar to anybody, and I hope every believer feels this way, that you're just thankful for your Heavenly Father. And sometimes it just feels good to walk up to your Heavenly Father and say, Dad, I love you. Thank you for all you've done for me. I want to invite you to step out from where you are and come forward and just lift your hands and say, Father, I love you. Thank you for unconditional love. Thank you for always being there for me. Thank you for always forgiving me when I mess up. Thank you for loving me. Maybe your earthly father was not a good man. Maybe you don't even know him. Maybe, maybe you had abuse. Maybe you had a traumatic childhood. I want to tell you, God can heal those scars and He can be the Father that you've been looking for all your life. As the praise team sings, why don't you come and let's begin to open up our hearts right now and let's just love Him right where we are. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands all over this house. Come on. Father, I love you. Father, I love you. I receive your open arms. I receive your open arms. I receive it. I receive it.
Lord, I love you today. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for never closing your arms to me. Thank you for always loving us as only a Heavenly Father can do. In Jesus' name.